The Armchair Illini Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best online ticketing site you can find. Why? Well, because it pulls from every other available ticketing site to give you the best price possible. There's no need anymore to check out 10 different ticketing sites to find the deal you're looking for. SeatGeek basically does all of that for you. Not only that, but SeatGeek has a value system sorted by color to let you know if you are actually getting a good deal on your tickets or not. You can sort by best value, lowest price, and more. Now here's the best part. If you use code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Attend your next unforgettable sporting event or concert by checking out SeatGeek today. Again, use promo code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, and get $20 off your first order. Welcome into the Armchair Illini podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about a busy weekend in Illini sports. Obviously, um, you know, big basketball weekend, finally playing some real competition after, you know, a few games of not so great competition. And Alex and I will kind of get into like uh, what the first few games have looked like and uh, who's kind of stood out for good reasons and who stood out for maybe some not so good reasons. I mean, they've been winning by 40, so it's hard to hard to nitpick, but um, and we'll also talk about the football game that's happening this weekend, um, playing Michigan after two just absolutely dis- disappointing games against Michigan State and Purdue. Um, we'll get we'll get that out of the way <laughs> first, uh, so we can talk about basketball, which is a bit more exciting at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, Alex, it's always good to have you on, man. How you been, dude? I've been good. Um, actually, I was at the Michigan State game. Um, you were. I was, yeah, so we'll get into that in a little bit, but I think first things first before we get started, definitely a couple things I wanted to address, just um, one, the University of Virginia, the shootings um, that happened, I know we play, possibly could play University of Virginia basketball this week, um, but the things that happened with the football team was really, really, really sad, Um, so just wanted to say condolences to everyone involved there, but um, also the news came out that Brett Bielma's mother passed away today, so mm-hmm. definitely deepest condolences to the Bielma family. Um, just, you know, Brett's a great dude, so, you know, wish him and his family all the best. But in terms of being at the game against Michigan State, that was a dud. You know, I think, you know, the Purdue game, it sucked because obviously you kind of confirmed your fate, but... Um, you know, it was it wasn't as surprising as the Michigan State game because you had all the confidence in the world. You're playing really, really well. Michigan State had their suspensions. Um, you know, when we were previewing it, you know, they're kind of in a in a bit of a rut. So, you know, to lose the way that you did in a pretty packed house. You know, I've been in Memorial Stadium quite an amount of times, um, especially as a student. Um, obviously, when Beckman was there, you know, the attendance was garbage, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a very good crowd. The student section was a little bit sparse because of Dad's weekend, but I that was arguably the biggest crowd that I've ever seen at Memorial Stadium. And to just go out that way was just very, very, very disappointing. Um, you know, you had Hugh Robertson kicking punts off of people's butts, and you know, yeah. um, you know, just poor play altogether. And then last week was kind of just injuries um, kind of piling up, and now you know you're kind of shorthanded. Going into Michigan, so wanted to bring on Ant. Um, you know, just let's just get this football crap out of the way. To be quite honest with you, um, Ant, how's it going, man? What's going on? It should be a good game. You think? It be a good game. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so yeah, I mean, Michigan's looking great. Obviously, you know, um, great season. They're definitely looking forward to you know playing Ohio State. And then possibly, you know, they're in contention for the college football playoffs. And Jim Harbaugh has this thing running. So I really wanted to ask you, because the COVID year stunk for Michigan. It was a very rough year. You know, you hear all these things about 
You know, Harbaugh's been great at Michigan, but he can't get over the hump. Um, Ohio State's, you know, the biggest rival, all of that. But ever since then, ever since all that really heated up, you know, I think he's won 15 Big Ten games, um, you know, losses to pretty much only Georgia and Michigan State. Um, what do you think has kind of been the the switch that's been kind of flipped, you know, ever since that COVID year? I mean, like, so, like, he's been good ever since he got there. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, he's been good ever since he got there. Um, you know, you've had like, – this is going to be the fourth season – this is going to be the fourth season that the that is going to come down to the game with Ohio State as who comes out of the the uh, the Big Ten East. So in in twenty sixteen that was the deal. In twenty eighteen that was the deal. Last year that was the deal, and that's going to be the deal again this year. And um, I think because Ohio State has been the best it's ever been. It kind of overshadows. Um, it overshadows how. It overshadows how good, how good he's been. Give me one second. Um, walk, walk, Walker. What's up, down. Walker? Walker, can you close the door? Walker's yelling at me right now. I, I know. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So like, so like, he's been good ever since he he's been there. In the COVID year, in my opinion, I just don't think he's someone who's very good with change, and I think he's someone who like needs to like like that. That year was nuts because you didn't know what they were going to be from one week to another. Like, where are they going to play? Are there going to be guys out? Or we got these tests. Like, everything was really, really new, right? And, like, when someone is so organized and, like, meticulous like him, um, I don't think he he does well with – rapid change and when he's not in control of the situation. So I could see him struggling in a year like the, the pandemic year. Um, and then as you've seen in the last, what season and a half now, I mean, you kind of see him kind of back to where, back to where he's kind of been, but the only difference is, you know, you beat Ohio state and now you see once you beat Ohio state, you have, you have access to more opportunities and that's going to be in and that's going to be winning a big 10 championship and then going from there to competing for a national title in the CFP. Yeah, definitely. So I think one of the things that has really stood out about kind of watching Michigan this week and even the whole season, um, it's kind of similar to how Illinois offense has been, but the running attack, you know, Michigan has the number one rushing attack in the Big Ten by quite a large margin. You know, Blake Corn's been amazing. Um, and then you have literally a five-star backup in, in Donovan Edwards. Um, how good has that duo been? And, you know, how big do you think that will be in Michigan's quest to, to, to beat Ohio State once again? I mean, it's going to be huge. I mean, you have, you have uh, an offensive line that has done a really nice job all year. And people were like, well, they kind of struggled to open up, but they, they were dealing with a ton of injuries. So getting their starting group back and getting guys a lot of reps has helped out a lot. And being able to use Donovan Edwards in multiple ways, not just being a runner, but also being a back who can catch the ball and a back who can do a lot of other things as well when it comes to trick plays, right? Uh, and then another underrated as aspect of the run game has been been J.J. McCarthy, the way that he's been able to use his legs at times and been able to scramble and, you know, get a first down or get a few extra yards for um, for a more manageable second or third down. Um, but it's been like a really team, a real team effort, real good blocking and and uh, and being able to you know, do that with with um, having a, having 
running backs in Corm and running back in Edwards, and then being able to counter that with JJ, which like I won't be surprised if that happens during the game where you see more, you know, you know, JJ having like more QB draws and being able to uh, go against the zone read a lot more and just and, and just being able to um, to really show everything in his package because I think they're still vanilla with JJ's run packages, but I think they're going to save that up uh, for the Ohio State game. And I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we also got Blue by 90 up here, uh, another uh, awesome Michigan. Uh, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Uh, so Illinois coming into this game, uh, you know, limping pretty bad. Uh, injuries have caught, kind of caught up to them, uh, but they're also just not playing very well anymore. So I would say for most Illinois fans a few weeks ago, this Michigan game was kind of seen as like, you know, Oh, we could have the Big Ten West clinched by then, and it could just be kind of playing with house money, and Michigan might overlook Illinois because they got Ohio State the next week. And um, felt like a game that Illinois could potentially, you know, play spoiler a little bit. But I don't know how many Illinois fans are, are feeling that anymore um, just with the, last, with the way the last couple of weeks have gone. Um, so from a Michigan standpoint, is there anything about Illinois still right now that gives you any pause that this weekend might not go how you uh, hope it will. I think for me, um, it's the defense. I still think they've got a pretty dang good defense. Um, I mean, everyone talks about Michigan's schedule, which we, you know, that's one, that's a whole nother conversation. But I think that in terms of the defenses that Michigan has gone against um, this year, you know, you look at Penn State. They were a top secondary, but like their rush defense, their front defense is not their strength. Um, Michigan, you go back to the Iowa game, that's probably the best defense that they've played. Um, so I think, you know, honestly, what I I would say, like, it's definitely no like tune up game for sure. Uh, I think it's more of like, hey, this is a great defense that Michigan has to go up against, especially against the run. And I'm curious to see, like, all right. When everybody in the world knows you're going to run it, it, can you still do it? Um, and so that's where I think, like, it'll be a true test because that very well may be the, the you know, scenario next weekend against Ohio State, too. If it's the same type of weather and, you know, J.J. is – I guess if we just don't want to pass or you can't pass or it's not working, whatever, can you still run the ball – when they stacked the box with eight guys. Um, and last year, that's, you know, Michigan was able to do it, and it, it didn't matter. So that's what I would be curious about to see on Saturday is when Illinois loads the box, what does Michigan do? That Can they still run the ball, or do they, even with the conditions, try to throw it, and can they do that too? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, when everyone – it's kind of how when everyone's focused on Chase Brown, can Chase Brown run it? Um, but I wanted to see if, like, does Michigan have any specific weakness that you feel like, you know, they need to show that they're better at against Illinois, that they'll definitely need to show um, against Ohio State? Uh, I know you kind of said um, what happens when a team stacks the box, but is there anything else that you're kind of keyed in on to see that if they do better, you know, before the Ohio State matchup? I think the the one thing that I want to see personally is – and this is going to be tough, obviously, with the, with the weather looking the way it's going to go, is, you know, I want to see J.J. hit the throws that he knows he can make but hasn't made in a while. Um, and it's not just on J.J., that's for sure. He has not gotten help from his, um, from his receivers in a lot of scenarios, too. So I think it's more like, can the offense get in a big rhythm here with throwing the ball? Even if it, it doesn't have to be deep balls. I, I know everyone wants it to like see Michigan hit the deep ball, but I think that if they can just get in a rhythm of like some short to mid routes and and get that working, like that's what I think most Michigan fans want to see and myself uh, I'm in that scenario. Well, I think uh, JJ McCarthy will have an opportunity to throw. I mean, I know the conditions are bad, but Illinois is really, really banged up at corner right now. I mean, Witherspoon's healthy, but outside of that, it's 
Uh, it's real rough. I mean, Illinois had to play their fifth, sixth string corners consistently. Purdue picked on them pretty heavily um, last week, and Michigan State kind of did something similar. Uh, so that that is on the defensive side. I, I do worry Illinois' depth or lack thereof has really come to the surface in the last two weeks on the defensive side of things. And um, and honestly, like defensive line, Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, like they're getting pushed back to the second level uh, pretty consistently the last couple of weeks. And so I've been surprised at how, you know, mediocre at best offensive lines have been pushing us around the last couple of weeks after we, you know, Illinois dominated uh, defensively up until that point. So uh, I do worry that, you know, whether it's fatigue, depth, whatever, that this defense may have hit a wall of some sort. And I'm interested to see how they come out, you know, in pretty bad conditions, knowing what Michigan's going to want to do in running the football. Uh, but I do think Michigan might have a might have a pretty big advantage considering how banged up Illinois is at corner. What, what do you think? Uh, obviously, the strength has been running the ball all year, but, you know, I don't think we know what Chase Brown is going to be like on Saturday. So, you know, how do you feel – this defense obviously has played really well lately, um, and that D-line uh, specifically against the run. Um, you know, do you feel that that's still, like, is that the game plan to just still try and, and go ahead and run the Honestly, ball? honestly, I mean, to be fair, I think Zach could attest to this, but we probably shouldn't run it as much, but we will because that's all <laughs> we know how to freaking do. Um, we've Zone done so many, literally, literally the same exact play just spammed um and chase has had to carry the ball like 30 plus times every game um you can kind of hear the the beaten downness in my voice but um and then even to kind of add on add injury to insult um you know chase got hurt on the last play you know one of the last plays in last game so he's not 100 percent for sure our second string you know who is supposed to be really good as well jasper cray has dealt with injuries all year um he like had an ankle injury first game, was out like six to seven weeks, came back against Michigan State, tried to get his legs under him, and then a horse collar happened and and then he, you know, injured his other ankle. So um things have been looking that well. I think Tommy DeVito has been good for what he's been. Um, but the offensive creativity has not been there, especially the last two weeks. Um and me and Zach have kind of dealt with the brute of that. So um I think they're going to spam Chase again, whether he's healthy or not, to be quite honest. Um, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, Chase, if he's if he's right, he'll be their go-to no matter what. But I do think, you know, if he's not 100%, I'd expect DeVito to keep the ball a little bit more. Um, they really don't trust any of their other backs besides Chase Brown in any meaningful way. So even Reggie Love, who has been getting spot carries here and there uh, for – Chase Brown hasn't really shown enough to be reliable. Um, so I think if Chase isn't 100%, uh, you might see DeVito uh, in some design run packages uh, to kind of maybe get outside or um, just to give a different look because uh, I, I don't think that they trust Reggie Love a whole lot. And also throwing in these conditions is going to be a tough. So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, it, obviously, if Chase isn't you know feeling right, it, puts Illinois at an even worse advantage. But, um, you know, I, I, I do think that the offense the last couple of weeks, as Alex mentioned, we've basically been running just, uh, you know, a halfback kind of counter to the to the right side of the offensive line literally every time. Uh, <laughs> felt like every play the last couple of weeks has been the same thing. And Purdue, a bad defense. Michigan State, you know, an okay defense, whatever. Uh, they figured it out. Uh, Purdue held Chase, I mean, even Chase Brown to under 100 out. yards, and uh, it seems like defenses have adjusted uh, to to what Barry Lonnie's been doing. Um, pulling and I that think card to, to the right to uh, uh, like what Michigan loves to do is when they know that a team like can't throw on them very well or can't do really just can't if they can't do like one specific thing, um, whether it's run or throw then they'll just like send the house and they'll, they'll just, I mean, they'll pour it on. Um, and that's what Jesse Minter has done all year. Like, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how things are going to go on Saturday. 
I, I think there are some worries about trap game. I, it helps that it's at home and Michigan doesn't lose at home very often. Um, but I think that like, you know, how I see this game going is let's say Illinois can't get things going very well early on. Um, then Michigan's just going to send the house all day long until, and, and it, that's what Michigan's defense does best is when they can get a, a quarterback on its heels, then they just don't let up. Um, and that's been, that's been the, uh, the MO all year long. And honestly, I think I speak for all Michigan fans when we say that's exactly what we did to CJ Stroud last year and want to do the exact same thing again next week too. Bro. Yeah. All this football talk is, is getting me kind of, it's putting me in some pain, you know? <laughs> um, so I think it's a good time to hop to our score predictions. Um, Man, just because literally, literally last week we had our fifth string cornerback in because our second, third, and fourth guy got hurt, and then he got a pick. He finally started to look pretty good, and he got a concussion like two plays after the, the interception. So it's been that kind of uh, you know month of November for us. So score predictions. Um, I guess I'll go first. Then Zach, I think this is going to be a Michigan domination fest. Um, I'm I. I very doubt that this would be a trap game for Michigan. Michigan has looked elite. Um, Illinois, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I need to say that I'm very proud of them and I'm happy that we clinched our first winning season since 2011. But at the same time, Michigan's another class. The the only thing that gives me hope is that last year I came, you know, into the Penn State game thinking that we were going to get absolutely, you know, pounded on, and we hung in there. You know, kept it interesting, obviously, with nine overtimes and then somehow pulled it off. So do I think that will happen? And this was in Happy Valley, too. So do I think that will happen? No. But, um, you know, I didn't think that would happen last year as well. So, you know, if that would happen, that would be fun because I think Michigan fans would be in an absolute, um, you know, they would be very, very upset. They would be. It would be, be as hysteria. It Honestly, would, if, if it was close by like the third quarter, I think Michigan fans would absolutely freak oh, out. Absolute meltdown city. Uh, dude, we're 10-0 and 0 right now, and it's been meltdown city even when we're winning 38-3 or whatever. Even, but, dude, even even before like Ohio State you know, got beat last year, people were saying, like, oh, Harbaugh's like a failure. I was like, bro, he's been great. Like, <laughs> Here's the been... thing about Harbaugh, too. It, like, I think you guys can attest to this. There's like 95% of college football that would kill to have Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, we would kill just to have like your defensive coordinator, like, or something, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So that's why we're the worst fan base in the world. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then Michigan fans, you know, we'll get to the basketball side of things, but you guys have the passion. I'll, I'll tell you that. But I think it's going to be, um, I'm going to go Michigan 38, Illinois 3. Oh, wow. Big one. Um, I don't know that I'm pretty con- optimistic, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure that the conditions are going to allow for 41 total points to be scored on Saturday. Um, but I, I if Illinois had looked better against Purdue, I might be feeling uh, a little bit better about this one. You know, Brett Bielema in the past at a, just in a short time at Illinois has shown, you know, once you know, his team loses the next week, they figure it out, they come back better and uh, they make adjustments, but it seemed to spiral last week, and I'm worried a little bit that this team might just spiral the rest of the way. Um, and I hope that's not the case, and I hope they come out with some fight on on Saturday. Uh, but it, it the vibes are real bad at the moment, so <laughs> I don't I don't feel great. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go 38 to three, but um, you know 20 24 to to six something like that um, wouldn't be wouldn't be too surprising to me. Um, and I, I, I hope, you know, that I'm, that I'm wrong, that Illinois, you know, hangs in there for a bit, but in a, it, it feels yeah. in an alternate world, you know, the team is fired up after, you know, being unfortunately lost his mom plays really hard and then beats Michigan, maybe like 21 to 20 or something like that. That would be cool. But um, that's more wishful thinking. For sure. All right. Is Chase Brown playing or no? Cool. I think he is. Um, I think midway through the week, they said, um, you know, he's making steps in the right direction. Um, Bielma has been great at kind of shielding things. Um, when Tommy DeVito had his injury, um, you know, he left with a pretty bad ankle injury. 
Um, it was hidden all week. And then Saturday morning, um, right before the game, it was like, hey, Tommy DeVito's starting. And we potted basically acting like Art Sikowski was going to be the, the starting QB. And God, if that had to happen, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Are we right, start. Yeah, Are we score go predictions goes under. What if what if Twitter shuts down while we're on here live? That'll be hilarious. That would be it's a possibility. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> oh um, but and you got a score prediction? Oh, it's gonna be stupid, like twenty-seven to like ten. <laughs> It's super boring. Nobody cares. And they'll complain about JJ. And it's all yeah, normal. I mean, hey, we would gladly take Cade McNamara next year if, <laughs> if possible, honestly. There would be a statue for the guy. 95% of the country would take uh, Jim Harbaugh. 90% would take Cade McNamara as their quarterback. Like, it's crazy. Also, I heard some things about AJ Henning. Is he – how's he doing? Um. What do you mean? Someone was telling me that, you know, A.J. Henning, you know, might not be, you know, he's not getting used too much. There were some rumblings about that. Did you guys ever hear anything about it? I mean, he definitely has not been in wide receiver rotation as much as he would like to be. Um, he was he was definitely more in the rotation last year uh, before Ronnie was back. Um, I mean, he still, he still catches punts and kicks and stuff like that. So I wouldn't doubt it if he's, like, frustrated. Um, but – that's, I mean, what you signed up for. We've got a very deep wide receiver room, and everybody's been battling for balls all year long. So, well, he's circun- cer- certainly welcome at Illinois. I'll say <laughs> that. Um, you guys got a score prediction at all? Yeah, I'll go for it. Um, I think, I think it's going to be. Ex- I, I agree with Ant. It's going to be even more boring than the Nebraska game, which is hard to do. Um, I could see like a 24-3 to three game or a 24-7, something like that. We'll just hold the ball forever. We're just going to – I mean, it, and 11-minute drives, something stupid like that, and it'll be just three yards a pop. Well, I would not be too shocked either. That was pretty close to my score prediction. I think mine was twenty-four to six. I already forget what I said, but uh, but yeah, I think this would be a good good transition time to move into a big basketball weekend uh, for Illinois, at least. Um, you know, it, by the way, appreciate you guys. Oh, dude, yeah, thanks for take coming. care, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you. Um, but obviously, Illinois football is playing a very good team this weekend. Illinois basketball is playing a few very good teams this weekend. After playing some, you know, cupcake non-con op- uh, opponents, uh, I think Alex and, and I would agree that you know, while it's great to win by forty, you don't really know much about your team playing all these schools. Who, you know, don't really matter. Um, so we're going to learn a lot about this crew uh, that we still know very little about. I think, uh, which is which is a lot of fun. We haven't really had that kind of. Uh, position in the last couple of years you know last couple of years a lot of known commodities and this year still trying to figure it out so i'm very excited alex how are you feeling about the weekend i'm i'm nervous as always i think anytime that you face legitimate competition um you know especially after facing the cupcakes that we have um it's a little bit worrisome and not just you know with the competition that we're about to face um they're they're legitimate teams you know all have national contention um championship hopes so um, you know, UCLA, then you talk about Baylor, Virginia, um, you know, all three are, are very big name schools. So um, wanted to bring on Ant just because, you know, I consider Ant to be, you know, quite the expert in the basketball world on things. Um, what have you kind of seen from Illinois based off of what you've seen, um, you know, obviously against lesser competition? And it's hard to say, but how do you think they'll fare against some very, very stiff competition this coming weekend? You said that they 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 play UCLA, then maybe Virginia. It's either Virginia or Baylor. Oh man, um, those are three very good defensive teams. That's that's kind of what that's kind of what pops out first. Um, UCLA with Mick Cronin, he is a defensive savant. That's kind of where he where he prides himself on that end. Um, on top of that, you have 
um, they don't really go out and try to get after you. They play more of like a like a like a gap pack line type defense where like they're they they don't they're like they want to contest they want to contest shots contest threes but they're they don't want you to get to the paint and then they do a very good job at boxing out uh, so far this year UCLA has also done a really good job guarding the three um, if you look at the the uh, the teams that 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 uh, they played this year, teams of teams have not shot very very uh, well against them. Um, they are more they match up well too with with Illinois. They're not big heavy. They're very guard and wing heavy, and that's where they rely on a lot. They do have a freshman in Adam Bona, I think his name is, but you know he's a young dude. Um, but what you're looking at is. Um, this is a really good test, especially for a team that is very wing dependent. Uh, you have RJ and you got Meyer and you got Shannon and, uh, and and like you have guys like Coleman who plays like that tweener role. Um, this is going to be big for Danger to kind of come in the game and kind of put his stamp on. Uh, what is he averaging this year? Like 17 and 10 pretty much? Yeah, so I know for the first two games it was something like 18 and – and 12 and a half. I think now it's, it's like 17 and 10. Um, he's shooting like 82% from the field, um, three blocks a game too. Obviously only three game sample, but he's been, he's been great. Yeah. So like, you know, like uh, he's done a really nice job. And, you know, if you're looking at a team, like, I don't know, man, you're looking at a team, like looking at a team like Virginia, who does a good job guarding the three there, you know, seventh in defensive of, and defensive efficiency guarding the guarding the guarding the, the uh, three point line, and then you're looking at um, UCLA being being 21st. They're right there, and they all have they they all have talent. They're very very talented talented teams. UCLA is not going to be afraid of Illinois either. But but here's the thing, Terrence Shannon. I'm going to see if he's still Texas Tech Terrence Shannon or if he is a new Terrence Shannon where he's not just relying on the three-point shot and relying on the transition buckets like can you go out there and can you create against a defense who is going to limit him who are going to go after the one or two things that he really likes to do they're going to take that away or attempt to is he going to be able to counter is he going to be able to still operate is he going to still be able to be um is he going to be able to be a um an impact on offense does he still need to be accounted for on offense because him being accounted for allows guys like rj and sky and Jaden, sincere and meyer to have space to work you know um so we'll see if he's if he's going to be able to create a bit more and be more than just um, be be more than just a spot up shooter or like a one dribble to the rat guy. Yeah, I think one of the biggest matches that I'm looking forward to is uh, Terrence Shannon versus our boy Jaquees Hakas. Jaquees, yeah, Jaquees. He is, I mean, one of the better wing defenders in the in the country. And then on top of that, you got. You know, Amari Bailey, who I know, young guy, but plus defender for sure. And then Jalen Clark, who's been, you know, a breakout guy for them. Um, you know, very similar in terms of being that long wing athletic guy. Um, so I think it's a big test. I feel like UCLA is kind of built how I wish Illinois was. You know, they got some talented freshmen in Amari Bailey. Um, Bona, you know, very talented as well. But then also has the mix of the old guys. You know, Tiger Campbell, Jaquise, you know, those guys played on the Final Four team. So just having that experience, I think, is just huge for them. And I mean, you uh, you kind of got the same because you have I mean, Meyer who – Yeah, played. but he, he hasn't looked the same. Um, yeah. I know he did. Um, I think he's still struggling with the back. He's just looked like a step slow. Um, yeah. You know, I think he, he, looks, he looks tired even like after his like 15 minutes. Um, and just 
he doesn't look he doesn't look comfortable. Uh, even dating back to the exhibition when we were talking. Um, so I'm hoping you know kind of the bright lights wake him up. But he's been kind of underwhelming. But at the same time, too, uh, we were talking the same thing about Alfonso Plummer last year. You know, he started off very slow. I think he was like two for fifteen to start off the season, and then you know he he came alive. So I'm hoping that kind of trend is the same thing. But you know, it's interesting. UCLA will be quite the matchup, marquee matchup, and then whether you get Baylor or Virginia, um, that's that's another likely experienced team. I'm not too sure how experienced Baylor is. I know they, you know, obviously lost Matt Meyer, lost Kendall Brown. Um, so whoever comes out of that second matchup, it'll be definitely interesting too. How, what is the uh, Luke Goody status? So he had a foot fracture. He's out three months for sure. Oh, geez. So he's yeah. like out. So they're saying, they're saying end of January, but I doubt that. I mean, a foot's pretty, pretty significant. That was well redshirt. Yeah. I think, I think that's the case. And, I think, you know, we're really going to miss the guy because arguably our best shooter, um, you know, obviously one of the only returners from last year's team. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big loss, quite honestly. I think if he redshirts, I think that would make sense um, because if he comes back, you know, who doesn't play, you know? Probably, um, yeah, Sincere. Sincere. Um, and, like, he's been really good. He's yeah. been really good off the bench. He's been surprising. Yeah, you know, he's 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 been competitive. Uh, he's had a lot of missed dunks, which has been kind of funny <laughs> to see. Um, but it's just because he's going so hard, you know. So I appreciate that. The freshmen have looked good, to be quite honest. I did see the one where he got where he got he got stuck on the rim, right? On Something like that. Points. I think it was like a wide open dunk. He got like a steal, and then he that was yeah, after like he tried to poster like three dudes, and then it was like, all right, he's in the open floor, and then just whiffed. and then he just whiffed. Yeah, <laughs> he like goes after dudes, man. Like he like tries to like punch it. It's one of those things where he like tries to punch it, and then it, like goes into the bench instead. I did hear that he's also a bit older too, which which would make sense why make sense. Yeah. why he's able to uh, be a little bit more like more game ready, you know, cause I, I heard he's like either 20 or he's about to turn 20 or something like that. Yeah. I, I didn't know about that actually. Um, I mean, I know all I know is he went to the same high school as LeBron, um, <laughs> but Jaden Epps has looked very good. He uh, looks me up. and Zach were, were kind of talking about it. He looks great. Yeah. Um, I like Epps a lot. I like Epps. Yeah. He's I think that, good. yeah, I mean, he's just, I think when you said Carson Edwards type of energy last year, I think it was, I was kind of assuming he'd be more of like a, just like a shot maker, but he's been good with the ball with in his hands. You know, he's made good decisions. Um, has been really good, you know, being like that second guy off the bench. Yeah. 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 That kind of, um, but I, I like the comp because he's smooth. Yeah. Just a straight score. Someone who just, all he wants to do is score, 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 and he can score at all three levels. He can get to the – he can create rim pressure, so he's going to he's going to create fouls. He's going to get to the free throw line, all those things. So, um, you know, he's he's definitely somebody who, who you could see in the program for like three, four years. You know, it's, it's, it's really important to get guys like that who you know aren't one and done or two and done because those are going to be guys who are going to continue and like keep this culture, right? Because I think culture is so underrated when it comes to college basketball. Like you have to have guys. You can't just listen to the coach all the time. When when you're new to the program and you see someone who's your teammate who was in the nitty gritty, who was who was competing for the Big Ten championship, who was able to you know you know do several things like like they've been able to see Illinois in a very good spot and then they see the top three or four guys who took Illinois there, then that's gonna be huge for those guys being able to buy in a lot faster um than if than if they were not there because now it feels like that's a team from the past, not a team from now. No, that's great stuff and I and I love what you said about 
Epps being a three-level scorer. Because, like, honestly, like, we saw Adam Miller come in, you know, a bucket getter, and then he just took corner threes all year. And obviously, you know, with Io and Kofi on the team, that kind of had to be that situation. So I was just assuming, you know, Epps, bucket getter, he'll probably shoot a lot of threes. But his finishing at the rim, man, is smooth. Um, just his ability to, to finish kind of around contact and to kind of shift his body to, to get it up and in. Like, it's, I've, I've been really, really uh, impressed by him. And then obviously Coleman Hawkins had uh, the game of his life the first game of the year. He hit like six threes in the first half or something crazy like that. And then hasn't really been that guy since then. Um, I think we're like, oh, wow, Coleman's here. And uh, it hasn't really been that the, the next couple games. So and just wondering, like, what do you think for Coleman this year? Like what's kind of best case scenario especially with this big weekend here where he's kind of the face of the program at the moment just because he's one of the only returners um and they kind of need him to to play a big part well first like his job is not to score like that's the thing his job is not to score his job is not to like his job is just to impact the game in any way he sees fit and that could be you know his his energy in the in the full court and three quarter court and half court trap game that could be just getting fifteen rebounds if the team needs it and being a creator for the team and even if you don't get the assist you're gonna get a hockey assist because your pass got the next guy open and it's gonna be like you know it's gonna be like tap dunks you're gonna dunk on someone's head hey if you're open shoot and make the shot so his impact. Uh, in my opinion, is very similar to like a Ty Rogers, um, where where like you expect them to impact the game in multiple ways and not just be like you know you have one or two duties. I think they have a they those those guys have a very long checklist of things that they need to do during a basketball game. And then kind of going off of that, I was actually going to ask you about Ty Rogers. You know, before the season, we had this talk about how he, you know, affects the game in so many ways outside of scoring. Um, what have you kind of seen from him this, these past three games? Um, it seems like when he's on the floor, you know, the energy level just kind of picks up, you know. Um, you know, whether it's his hustle. I think he had a, a sequence where, um, you know, he, he died for an offensive rebound, got on the floor, and then got right back up and then slammed it home. You know, is that kind of what you see for him this year? Yeah, so, like, he has a, he has a shot to be one of the better defenders in the league, in my opinion. And then, on top of that, um, he, he always has a high motor. He always brings energy. He's not someone who you need to play harder. He's just someone who, if anything, you got to, like, calm him down just a little bit. But – but he's always going to have that, have that consistent, that consistent energy every minute he's on the floor. My only concern with him, my only concern with him is his free throws. I don't understand what they're bad. What's happening? Like they don't look good. Yeah, at, I sent you the video. At any point, that at, looks weird. At any point, um, does it look like the ball is going to go in the basket? So he works on his game way too much. Uh, he has way too many basketball people around him, and it's not even a mental thing. It's a, it's it, it looks it, like a line drive. Yeah, it is a it's a form, and it is everything just feels off. Like when he's as soon as he winds up to take his shot, I I never think it's going in. I never think it's going in because it's there's it's not smooth. It's it's just. I don't know. It's it's just way off, and it doesn't make sense for the yeah. for the type of player he is for the for the shot to look like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think free throws in general, uh, it doesn't at least in the first three games hasn't really felt like anybody outside of Terrence Shannon can like make one. Uh, and so I think at some point that'll be a, a bigger issue. Uh, I I can't remember. I think in the first game they were like something crazy like. Outside of Terrence Shannon, there were like four of sixteen from the free throw line or something wild. Mm. Uh, yeah, that I just don't get how that happens. <laughs> it's a lot of guards too. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Kofi's gone. Like we realize that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
And what about you know, kind of last thing? I know you gotta you gotta catch the um, Arizona State Michigan game, but what about a team like Baylor and Virginia uh, matching up against Illinois? I mean, those are two two defense first teams, and uh, I do think Baylor adds a lot more pop from a, a talent standpoint. They have much better creators. They have uh, some guys who were hurt last year who are who are who are back and good this year. Uh, Virginia is going to have a lot of experience. They they have a lot of experienced guys. They have they have um they have some dudes who can uh, who can really really play and. Um, and that's going to be an interesting game too. So um, whether you know Illinois wins or loses, they 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 have their hands full in that next game. Absolutely, and man, appreciate the time as always. Um, obviously, you know we're not Michigan fans around here, so not wishing them a win. But for you personally, <laughs> I guess I kind of hope they do. But uh, but yeah, man, thanks as always for for giving your time and for a great insight. Pre- Hey, anytime, fellas. Have a good one. Thanks, bro. You, Alex. I kind of we kind of talked off air a little bit about it, but I would love, you know, from a Illini fan perspective, we talked a little bit about it with Ant, but just like some of your takeaways, real quick, on the Illinois basketball season so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gone how we would expect it to go. You know, given the teams that we played, I think it's been interesting to see a totally different style. Um, you know, those boys gut up and they run and it's totally different than, all right, let's bring it up the court. You know, we're going to run, run a little bit of motion and do a high low to Kofi, or we're going to get IO going to his right hand downhill. Um, it's try to do a lob with IO and Kofi, et cetera. So it's been cool to see. I just a little, a little bit worried about facing legitimate competition as always. I think anytime is the first time. Um, especially given that this is such a young team, you're going to ask, you know, Sky Clark, Jaden Epps, Ty Rogers to all sort of replicate what they've been doing yep. against not just like, oh, we're playing Syracuse or we're playing, um, you know, Nebraska or some, you know, low level, high major competition, but you're playing the yep. best of like top 10 teams, all three of them. So it's always a little bit scary, but I do think it's a good measuring stick. And I do think that, uh, you know, they're going to be better once conference season comes. I believe in Brad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's tough for, for me to say that about an Illinois uh, coach. So I think it's overall it's gone how I've expected it, but excited to see how they match up. Yeah, I totally agree. And what's kind of nice about these days in college basketball, like if they lose, like it doesn't super matter to like their tournament resume because, uh, you know, they're good losses. So uh, in some ways – it only helps you uh, to play these games. You know, if you win, obviously it's great. Um, if you lose, it doesn't kill you. Um, and like playing all these cupcakes would if you lost one of those. Um, and then, so yeah, I'm excited to see see what they look like. I agree, it's been fun to see a different style of play. I do worry a little bit uh, about shot making in general, um, and and just worried a little bit about how that's going to go early in the season. I think they'll figure it out, but it's. In my opinion, not a, a super deep shooting team. And so how do you kind of create offense, especially against incredible defenses like they're going to play, uh, you know, this weekend, UCLA, Virginia, et cetera, that um, will be hard to break down even if they had, you know, a high-powered offense. Um, but, you know, I think there is some concern there. We mentioned free throws a little bit already. Uh, but when shots, shots aren't falling, I'm interested to see kind of what happens. And honestly, how this – this kind of new look defense holds up against good competition too. Cause definitely you can pick on those, those bad teams playing that pressure like that. Cause they don't make great decisions. Yeah. You're playing and I, Tiger yeah. King and full court, Agreed. you know, how's that going to go? And I think one of the good things that's been good to see, at least through the first three games, again, against lesser competition, but we haven't seen that lull that we did last year where I don't know if you remember, we would have like 10 minute stretches of just like two points. Or, you know, they just look half asleep. One for 16 to start the second game. Yeah, and like, you know, just, I mean, besides that, I think that was a little bit different with the ring ceremony and things like that. But, um, you know, that lull where it's just like, these guys need to play harder. And I think that was going on even until, you know, even the Big Ten tournament where they had that lull where it was like, 
yo guys, like play harder. I think all these guys play hard. Um, Terrence Shannon in particular, particular, excuse me. And then, you know, the freshmen all play very hard. So, um, I'm excited, man. I think I'm looking more forward to this than opposed to Saturday morning for sure. But, um, that's kind of outside the point. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of normal for us, I guess. So I think so. Everything's back to normal. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, and just kind of wrapping up here, uh, just a prediction on, on the, the record you think Illinois will come out with this weekend. I think they will – I hate to say it, man, but I don't think they will win a game. Yeah. I think, I think they won't beat UCLA. That's for sure. I think they can possibly pick off um, Baylor. I think mm-hmm. they can um, just because I think they'll, they'll come with a little juice. you got two transfers from that school. Yeah. Um, and Terrence Shannon obviously has played these guys before. I think you can pick them off. They're also a bit of a young team. Um, Keontae George, five-star freshman, uh, kind of the leader of that group. So I think you can pick off one team, but I don't think you're going to beat UCLA. That's, uh, that's just how I feel. Yeah, and uh, honestly, like – But that's I okay. Yeah, I, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, you can say that, and you know, it's, it's all right. Um, good, hard, non-conference schedules, I think, are actually good for a team these days. Um, and excited to see how they come out. And if they lose, you know, it's all right. Learn from it and plenty of opportunities. I, regardless of how this weekend goes, I still think, you know, uh, I'm not really buying the Indiana hype. So I still think Illinois has a phenomenal shot to win the Big Ten this year. Um, and all of that is still true regardless of how this weekend goes. So uh, just some perspective on this, uh, on this uh, Thursday evening. Yeah, man. Never buy Indiana hype. <laughs> I've, yeah, no, I hate the Hoosiers. Um, could probably use some perspective on football, but that's uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. I'll have perspective in like July of next year. Uh, right now, it just sucks. But anyway, uh, thank you all for listening to the Armchair Line podcast. Uh, thanks to uh, Blue by Ninety and to Ant Wright for hopping on to talk Michigan and Illinois basketball, college hoops, all that sort of stuff. Uh, hope it's a great weekend for Illinois sports. Uh, it's a busy one with a lot of hard, tough competition, um, and, and we'll see how it plays out. But but thanks for listening tonight, and have a great rest of your evening. The Armchair Illini Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best online ticketing site you can find. Why? Well, because it pulls from every other available ticketing site to give you the best price possible. There's no need anymore to check out 10 different ticketing sites to find the deal you're looking for. SeatGeek basically does all of that for you. Not only that, but SeatGeek has a value system sorted by color to let you know if you are actually getting a good deal on your tickets or not. You can sort by best value, lowest price, and more. Now here's the best part. If you use code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Attend your next unforgettable sporting event or concert by checking out SeatGeek today. Again, use promo code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, and get $20 off your first order.